Welcome to Metaphysical Romp with Reverend Paul Hasselbeck and co-host Reverends Bill Holton and Cher Holton. Discover practical applications to bring 21st century metaphysics to work in your life. Here's your host, Paul Hasselbeck. Welcome to another edition of Metaphysical Rom 2. This is the Reverend Dr. Paul Hasselbeck at the Kansas City end of the virtual kitchen table. And of course, it's another beautiful day in my consciousness. Hi, friends. Hello there. This is Reverend Dr. Cher Holton at the Durham, North Carolina part of this wonderful virtual kitchen table. And it is another beautiful day in my consciousness. Hello, this is the Reverend Dr. Bill Holton, also at the Durham end of our wonderful table. And it's very definitely, as always, another beautiful, beautiful day in my consciousness as well. And as you guys know, and for those who don't know, we have an online unity ministry, a virtual unity ministry, and our name is the Unity Center for UniversalProsperity.com. And we spell universal, Y-O-U, universal, because it's about you and your spiritual growth. And we like to make it very easy for you to find us. And we invite you to just go to ucfyp.com, ucfyp.com. We have resources. We have our scheduled events and all kinds of great stuff for you. So we hope to see you there. Yeah. And so I have my website, paulhasselbeck.com, where you can find the calendar and you can also find my weekly blog, which is the absolute word. And remember, you can ask me for that by just sending me an email to alberthasselbeck at gmail.com. If you can't remember that, my email address is on my website. And so we are on week three, I could say session three, episode three, where that's all about do these things to become a mentally unbreakable person. And the author is Tim Denning. And of course, this is another article we found on Medium. Since we've done two previous episodes, we're going to do a real quick review and Cher's going to kick it off. Yes, what we're going to do is just give you the topics we've already covered. And if they intrigue you and you haven't yet heard them, you can go back to past shows and pick it up and hear all the detail. But the first one we addressed was change the meaning of discomfort. The second is don't expect life to be an equality utopia. The third one we looked at was use this simple tactic to reduce stress. Then we went into work out to exercise the mind. And then it's about money because it says get your finances sorted. And then we looked at understanding human motivation to solve most problems in your head. And then don't let personal experiences lie to your face. And then hear this, practice brutal deep thinking. Yes. And then share, you're going to get us going on this week's topic. Right. So hopefully those things intrigued you and you're going to be really interested and want to go back and hear them or review them yourself. Today, we're going to look at, first of all, a topic called Forget About Those Judging Eyes. And he starts with a quote from Carl Jung that says, thinking is difficult. That's why most people judge. Wow. I love that quote. Don't you love that? And I think we could say thinking is difficult because most people 
don't have original thought. Right. Mm-hmm. That's probably true. And it's hard work mm-hmm. to think. Yes, <laughs> it is. Just don't want to bother. And so actually that quote goes into and supports the whole idea of the confirmation bias. We just only listen to things that support what we already believe and think about instead of being willing to wrap our head around a new idea. And, and then he says, weak minds focus too much on what others think. And boy, I don't consider my mind weak, but I can remember that there were times when I was really worried about what other people think. And then if you're worried about what other people think, then you, you get into people pleasing. And we've mm-hmm. talked about that before, because when you're into people pleasing, you inevitably give up your own values and standards. Absolutely. And you start falling into that comparison trap. I'm not as good as, or I'm not good enough because people don't think that about me. And I think this is probably still a reference to weak minds because they also say, because they try not to step on the landmines of other people's beliefs about how they should act, they accidentally default to people pleasing, as Paul just mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. The article just supports what you were saying that, and that gets you nowhere except unhappy. I I will say when you continue to sacrifice your own goals and desires and beliefs just to please others, you end up feeling very unhappy. Yeah. When you're into people pleasing, that's a that's a losing game because you have to, you're trying to figure out what other people think. And Mm -hmm. that is pretty much an illusion or should we say it's a delusion? (laughs) It's delusional. And it's all about people's opinions, right? And opinions are like noses. Everyone has one. <laughs> <laughs> and if I can just throw in one other little little statement here from a metaspiritual point of view and the way most of us who the three of us here doing this and those of you who are listening, because you happen to be listening to this kind of podcast, you find yourself in a thought pattern and belief pattern that may be very different from others and won't always make other people happy. And so knowing what we believe and being able to stand in that truth, I think becomes more and more important. It's really important to remember you can't please all the people all the time. And the the corollary to that is, and you can't displease all the people all the time. So (laughs) just as, as Oscar Wilde said, just be yourself. Everyone else is taken. (laughs) (laughs) True. So true. All right. Next up is practice zooming out. So let's look at what that means. He says our minds love to zoom in and double click on tiny details. I think that's an interesting metaphor. I hadn't thought about that, but I can see there's a lot of truth in that, that uh, we we zoom into details, don't we? And then we get lost, I think, sometimes in the details. Yeah. A zoomed in mind is another way of describing what? A closed <laughs> mind. You can't get far with this mindset. And he goes on to say a zoomed out mind goes beyond one's selfish problems and sees them in the context of society. This is zoomed out now. This brings new insights that stop you thinking everything is about you. Well, it's interesting. I I have created a talk. It 
It is all about you. And, and we and say that every week when we talk about universal prosperity spelled Y-O-U. Right? Yeah, yeah. And what we're really referring to there is, is that you and only you have control over your own consciousness. Right. right. And zoomed out mind has bandwidth. And what that means is you you not only have knowledge, but you know how to use that knowledge comprehensively. So nice. this is an interesting quote by somebody called Novel, N-A-V-A-L. I've never heard of this person, so we're going to have to do a little search on that. It's not thinking that hurts. It's thinking about yourself that hurts. And I'm not going to go with that 100%. Because yeah. uh, in, in order to do good self-care, you have to think about yourself. You do. Yeah. And he says, it's not thinking that hurts. If you think negative thoughts about yourself and self-defeating thoughts, it creates a hormone called cortisol. And that's not good for your health. Yeah, that's that stress hormone, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. I, I, yeah. And so let's unpack that a minute and see what it's saying in terms of the topic of zooming out, because I, I think when we think negatively about ourselves, that would be when it's hurtful. And when we we start thinking, I can't do that, I'm never going to achieve that. I always am the one who gets blah, blah, blah. And so when we start using that that kind of thinking and applying it to ourselves that's when it becomes hurtful. Yeah, and that's pretty much a victim consciousness, isn't it? Yes, mm. yes. Yeah. Yes. And we do fall into it occasionally, all of us do. So the key is not to feel guilty that you fell into it, it's being able to catch it, notice it, and immediately stop it and make that change. Yeah, if you go into self-criticism around going into victim consciousness, what I say is now you have two things to work on. <laughs> good point. Yeah. Very good point. And since I already mentioned self-care, the next topic is the self-care movement is out of control. I've oh, never so, thought of that. Have you? Interesting. No. <laughs> so he's what he says is it's common now to avoid feeling bad at all costs or to label challenging people or events as, quote, bad for your mental health. This way of thinking turns us into... Victims. victims. <laughs> There's the word. Um, well, I, I will. I will say that there is a tendency if people new to the new thought movement or into unity or into metaphysics, there is this idea that somehow we can avoid feeling bad, and yes. you can't. Mm -hmm. You can't. What you right. need to learn to do is to accept it and work with it. Right. I think you're absolutely right. And I think that's one of the dangers of what is taught in the new thought process, because it's it's sort of even the studies, the research around positive psychology is all talking about the fact that it's important to recognize the situation realize what the problems are. And then the optimistic spirit is what allows you to stay positive and not fall into that negative thinking and just getting upset about it, rather rising above it and knowing that there are solutions you can take on. Yeah, that covering up our negative feelings is just pseudo good feelings. It's not true. Right. Yeah. If you really want to find out more about positive psychology. Martin Seligman is the founder of positive psychology, and there are a lot of psychologists now that are in his troop, if you will, 
and they have a lot to say about how you can develop a more positive psychology. We would highly recommend reading anything those folks publish. Yes, and I would say a healthy and positive psychology. And in, and Martin Seligman, in fact, his, I'll, and I'll put this on our website so you'll have the link to it. He has a website that has a lot of personal assessment tools that you can take yes. to see where you are in these different categories. It's really interesting. So there's a lot of good resources in addition to the wonderful books. Okay. So the next one is use the underrated power of mindset shifts. Try to say that three times. (laughs) Use the underrated power of mindset shifts. And this is just a tweak on some of the other things he's already said. Yeah. Now, I want to be clear about this. Psychology guru James Clear says negative events happen and we should expect them, but a negative mindset makes those events 10 times harder when you think about it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And he goes on to say the solution that James Clear offers is to write down those negative things and then write the Mm. opposite. Then write write the opposite. I think that's a good little exercise, isn't it? It is. And we call that reframing. It's looking at the same thing, but reframing the way you see it. Yes. And he has some examples listed here. I'm not hurt. I'm healing. I'm not losing. I'm learning. I'm not rejected. I was redirected. Yeah, those are those are really good. And I'm not really in tune with I'm not hurt. I'm healing because I think of healing as a process and I'm not looking for a process. I'm looking at an end goal. So I'm not hurt. I'm on the road to wholeness is what I would say. That's a nice reframe. Yeah, that's a it's like good, better, best. His is better, but yours is best. (laughs) Right, right. right. (laughs) Takes it to the big level. Yeah. And that's a simple exercise, but again, it really is helpful. And it's just that awareness when you don't feel good inside, something's not right. Ask yourself what you're feeling and then look for a way to reframe it to flip it. And I'm not even sure it's healthy to say I'm not losing because that's almost a denial of what is. So I would say I am losing. Even so, I'm choosing to learn. Yeah, there you go. And that's another something, something like that. And I have to tell you, I've been in the ministerial training and all of that. The word they use when someone's not accepted into the program is redirected. And when mm-hmm. the person's in the midst of it, it doesn't feel good. I had the same thought when I saw the word redirected because one of our classmates was redirected and it was a terrible experience for the whole team, for all of us. For well, so. all of you, right? Yeah, yeah. However, the the purpose of the exercise is really, really good. And that, again, emphasizes the importance of context. You can see all the examples in the world, but what we encourage you to do is now make it very personal for you. And there's not a right or wrong way to say these things. It's more the awareness to do it. Do it. That's a very good point. And I think there's one more, isn't there? Yes. Yes. So Cher, you want to take it away? And this is one that I had to actually learn myself was ask for help if you need it. Another way of saying that is don't suffer from a pain in the ask. A pain (laughs) in the ask. Oh, my God. I love that. Yeah, that's a great that's a great reminder. (laughs) Yeah. And I would add ask for what you know is yours. 
Because mm-hmm. a person, when a person feels less than or not deserving, they'll avoid asking for for what was already promised. I have a good example of that. My friend uh, was referred to a car dealership, and that friend who referred him told him, "If you tell the car dealership when you're getting your repairs done that I referred you, we will both get a discount." Well, he he did that. He told them. And he didn't get the discount, but he didn't speak up. So he didn't ask for what was his. And probably had he brought it up, the the person would have said, oh, that's right. Exactly. And given it to him. Because Mm -hmm. nine times out of 10, when you know you're correct in that, you will get it. You will get it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. This is a big one for me. And I think it's good for a lot of people because we are really good givers. I mean, I'm sure people even listening to this, we fall in that category of wanting to give. Yes. And yet we're not real good receivers. And which means even when somebody wants to give us something, we'll say, oh, you know, don't bother or that's okay. We don't know how to take a compliment. And worse yet is actually asking for the help. It's like we want to give the help, but we're afraid to ask for it or we feel like on toes. In a way, I wonder if we're not wired in a default way to be givers. Mm, I, that's and, a good point. and at least that's the way it seems to me. But in order to be givers, there must be receivers. Right. And we, we've talked about this a little bit. I'm going to mention it a little bit here is, is that I no longer fall in the trap. If you give me something, I have to give you something back. Right. I let your giving to be pure. And I love it when I give and someone doesn't feel like they have to do something in return for me. Right. It breaks the cycle if you're not a good receiver. It, it breaks does. For that person who wanted to be a giver. Yes, so. that's very true. Okay. Talk about giving. I want to give you today's absolute word. Are you ready for it? So the absolute word is based on Sunday messages appearing in the daily word. A copyrighted Unity publication has been used with permission. And you can subscribe to the absolute word by emailing me at alberthasselbeck at gmail.com. I just thought I'd give myself another promo. (laughs) You deserve it. (laughs) Okay. So this one is actually for Sunday, December 25th, and it's Christmas. And the affirmation is with hope, peace, joy, and love, I welcome Christmas. And I didn't have to do much with this one, folks. Far from home, Luke's gospel story tells us Mary and Joseph welcomed the child with only a stable filled with animals as a birthing place and a feeding trough for a cradle. The story reminds me that no state of consciousness is too humble. No station of life is too lowly. And there is no fear that cannot give way to wonder. Whenever my heart and consciousness are open, willing, and curious, I become aware of my inherent divinity, sometimes called the Christ. No matter how I am celebrating Christmas, I will carry this awareness with me. Today, I feel the renewing of my promise and my potential. I feel the Christ presence within me afresh and anew. This is the greatest gift I could ever receive and the best gift I have to give. Again, the affirmation is with hope, peace, love, and joy, I welcome Christmas. And the simple version would simply be, I welcome Christmas. And thank you, friends, for listening. This is the Reverend Dr. Paul Hasselbeck signing off. Goodbye, friends. 
Goodbye. This is Reverend Dr. Cher Holton thanking you so much for listening. Ciao. This is Reverend Doc Bill Holton. Thanks again for listening. And the three of us encourage you to welcome hope, peace, love, and joy this Christmas season. <laughs> <laughs>